Sean, I think we're going to have a fight. We might. Oh, I'd pay money to see that. I'd pay to see it. <laughs> Who's your money on, Eric? Oh, you, Rachel. You kick lumps out of them. <laughs> uh, my, my money's probably on Rachel too, and that's not because I'm taking a fall or anything. But I'm going to let you explain because if, if, if people hear me explain, they're going to groan and go, really, Sean? Really? But come on with you, it's going to be different. Rachel once threatened to slap me as she held up a fist. That's that's how, I'm, <laughs> that's how much money I put on Rachel. Yeah, so every time you hear the phrase Rachel's throwing slaps, it just means you're about to be punched. <laughs> not that I never follow through and punch people, but yeah, that's what I'm, it means. I'm a little scared, even though you're in Australia. I, I, I thought I was safe here because they're uh, the farm in the middle of nowhere, but I'm, I'm actually not too sure right now. But, but go ahead. Why, why, why are we about to have a fight? Because you really confused me. Five, six hours ago I was recording this. I know. Well, anyone who has looked at Sean's Instagram for even a second or has looked at Sean in general will have seen a piece of 49ers merchandise somewhere on him. And as we are talking and having this conversation, it is no exception. Sean, <laughs> would you describe yourself as a 49ers fan? Um, I'd add a couple of letters at the end of that. I, I'd be a fanatic. I, I would be a fanatic, yeah. <laughs> and what happened last night? Well, last night, it was half four in the morning. The country was asleep except everyone in coppers. And I was watching my football and, and the 49ers made yet another dramatic comeback. And the last second of the game, they got the game-winning kick in the snow. It was absolutely more beautiful than anything you'd ever see in Frozen. And I was like, well, I can't text or talk to anyone about this because it's half four in the morning. And like no one is up unless they're completely twisting coppers. They probably shouldn't be texting those people. So uh, they're having too good of a time to be listening to me rant about anything. And then all of a sudden my phone buzzes like, who does that have to WhatsApp me? And it's you with a picture of Tampa Bay Buccaneers Stadium that you you took yourself a couple of years ago saying, go Bucks. I've known you for a year or two. I, I know nothing about you watching the NFL. And all of a sudden you're like, go Bucks. And I'm like, F the bleeding Bucks. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Which I followed up with another photo of the stadium. <laughs> yeah. I like I, everyone in the house obviously is asleep and stuff, so it was very hard not to get hyped. The dog next to me was asleep, the fire was on. I was very hard to get hyped up, scream and shout. But when you sent that message, I think I was even closer to shouting down the phone than I was to see the <laughs> game when it kicked. So, if they so we're recording this on a Sunday morning for context. So, tonight your Buccaneers are, are playing um, the, the, the Rams, and if they win, it's gonna be my team versus your team next week, and the winner gets to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll say no more. Although that's the last two weeks in a row now, uh, 49ers have come with like last like game, game three. winning. Last three, three weeks. Three weeks. They were, they were 17, nothing. I don't know who's still listening or interested in this, but we'll get to the running stuff in a second. But they were like 17, nothing down half uh, with like 10 quarters of football to go. Um they won that to get into the playoffs on like in overtime. And then last week went down to the last play of the game again. And then this week said, my nerves are gone. Like my garment is actually showing my stress levels 
near like <laughs> genuinely near a hundred when they're playing, and then it just drops down slowly towards rest. I'm new. I'm I'm losing sleep over. I got a couple of hours of sleep last night. Got to watch the game, but then when they play and they win like that, I can't. It, there's no come down for for a good hour afterwards. Like I'm just delighted I don't have to work Monday mornings, or in this case, I'm delighted it's on a Sunday morning. So I've got around five hours sleep altogether. So if I start rambling like I am right now, and I'm not making a whole lot of sense, I apologize in advance. But to be honest with you, this week because they're one game away from Super Bowl, I do not care. So with that said, Rachel, what do we have in store today? (laughs) (laughs) Well, like you said, everyone in the country was either sleeping or possibly in coffers, but I'm not in the country. So I was on my way home from the tennis. That's my new, that's my new hobby. Don't know how many tennis matches I've gone to in the last fortnight, but it's amazing. um, The Oz opens on living just around the corner from the stadium. And yeah. That's kind of where this topic came from today. So I think we'll just play the intro music and then we'll start talking a bit more. Let's go, Niners. I mean, let's go. I swear yeah. I'll go before another talk now. Go ahead. <laughs> Would you start at I the can't island? believe I, I just, I've been sitting quiet. I just had a realization that. The country opened up last night and I went to bed at 12 and slept till 10. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same. People are like, yesterday morning, like the run club and stuff and people are like, "Um, so like, what's the big plan for today? I'm like, I don't know. It it came really fast though. It was kind of like, nothing really. Like, am I missing now? I don't know. It's just like, have at it. The line of business and stuff are back open again. But I was just like, yeah, I've had it. I, I, I wait the next week or week after a few points and I like it and stuff. I just, but I'm delighted people are out. I haven't even seen any, uh, how, what town even looked like last night, uh, on Saturday night, obviously. Um, but yo, know, better Yeah, might as well make the most of it. So let's get on to our re- invigorating lives, Rachel. You watch tennis, then. <laughs> <laughs> I watch tennis. Very exciting. And my player at the moment, the person who, I think I've seen um three times now in the last two weeks. And every time we go over or walk past or turn on the TV, he seems to be playing. And that is the incredible Rafa Nadal. Have you watched have you watched him play? Uh, a few well, years I've seen ago. Him play over I've the seen him play. Yeah. yeah. He like obviously he's incredible. He's one of the best ever, tied at the top with 20 Grand Slam wins. He's tied with Novak Djokovic and Roger Federer. So, you know, he is potentially one of the best players ever to play the game. But he is just so funny to watch. And I just kind of realized this now, watching him in person versus on the TV. He has all of these little, I'm going to call them rituals that he does. And like... You don't, I just realized you don't actually appreciate it on TV, but every single time he goes to take a shot or between every serve, I call it, and apologies in advance, but I call it the bum balls belly ritual. (laughs) (laughs) I can't need to explain that. I want this episode to be called bum balls and bellies. start a petition for you oh honestly between every single sir whether he's receiving or whether he's serving he stands there and i'll try and describe it as best you know we've lost eric 
You got too much sleep last night. <laughs> I'm gonna. I will actually send you the video. But basically, he stands there, and he appears to fix a wedgie. So that's that's the first thing. He fixes his wedgie. Then he comes and fixes it at the front. Then he checks that his shirt is tucked in. So that's bum balls belly. <laughs> but he goes on. He then wipes his nose, goes over across his face, tucks the hair behind his right ear. Oh, I have that then problem myself. Same thing. Nose. And then goes over and does the left ear. And then with his sweatband, he wipes it all over his face. And then he's ready. On every point. play. Every play. You no should see, like, sometimes so it's important version. <laughs> you only get 25 seconds between shots. They actually have it timed. And that's probably the reason why they have the timer on it. Honestly. And you don't see it on TV. You see him do the face thing where he's, like, wiping the face my head and then he's tucking the hair in. I think it's always the right ear first and then the left ear. But this is before every single point. That's mad. That uh, uh, whether he's serving or not serving, he he don't like he has this exact same ritual. So do you reckon if he hadn't got time to have that ritual for whatever reason, they'll mess him up? I think so, but like that's not the only thing he does. Oh, he how is between, between points, he won't step on the white lines. <laughs> so um, he won't step on the white lines if he's playing on the side of the court opposite to the side that his bench with all his gear is on he walks down the court to the net turns 90 degrees walks towards the the umpire's chair does a hop over the first line a quick i think he's two steps between maybe he has three and then he hops the other line and then straight to his chair (laughs) like he just has all these weird quirks when he's sitting down so the, every three every three games, you get a minute and a half instead of 25 seconds. So you can actually go sit down, grab a drink of water. His water bottles, he has two that he leaves down between his feet. They have to be spaced one slightly in front of each other at an angle. And the labels have to be facing a certain way. Now, some people think they have to be facing straight out. Sometimes he points them towards the side um, of the court that he's playing on. And when he picks up the drink of water, he has to put it down. He twists it and he puts it down with such pinpoint accuracy. Rachel, you have too much time over there. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel just knows as far... We brought on Nadal to talk about his routine. Welcome, Rafa. Welcome, Rafa Nadal. Welcome to the show. <laughs> thank you, thank you. If only I had he's gonna, that. He's going to listen to this and be like, who's this psychopath that just watched me scratch me bum balls and belly? I know Rafa taking forever to describe his routine, but this... It just got me thinking about the rituals and superstitions that people who make it to the top of their game have. There's a lot of them. There is. I was looking it up. Well, first of all, do you know what the difference between a ritual and a superstition is? They're spelled differently. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Yes. 
one, one is rational and one is irrational. Oh, one is yeah, more of a pretty much. System, whereas one would be probably more of a routine, a concentration routine. Pretty much. So um, just what it says online about them is that ritual is a certain behavior of act or action that the sports performer carries out with the belief that these behaviors have a specific purpose or power or whatever to influence their performance. And like, I suppose, Rachel, going back to what you said, rational, irrational, like from a running point of view, do you warm up before a race? Uh, a race. It depends on the race. It's yeah. hard to warm up in the crowd. So I, I'd, I'd probably do more warm ups when I'm on my own run as opposed to, I, I just yeah, think I, of a marathon, Sean, when you're packed ma- in like sardines. So it's I suppose a marathon, you can warm up during the race. You know, a yeah. marathon is so yeah. long that you need to run before. But, you know, if you were doing a workout and things like that, majority of people would go through some sort of warm-up routine. Like, let's say you are stepping out onto the Olympics from the 1,500 meters or something. You're going to do your warm-up. You're going to have your routine that you go through. Um, mm. But then superstition is more rational. It's like... If you did something, if you had a really good, successful day and you discovered, oh, I did this instead of doing that, or maybe I put my left sock on my right foot and my right sock on my left foot and that worked for you, that becomes a superstition because like, oh, I went on to win that match. I'm going to do the same thing going forward. Makes absolutely no sense, but they associated with success. I uh, updated my Rocky Four socks this week. I don't know which ones to wear for my 5K PB. It's a genuine concern. One of, them, one of the old pairs I had for a couple of good marathons has a hole in it. And I'm like, do I wear them or do I wear the new socks, which would be better for me in every which way. They're going to look the exact same, but genuinely, one of them have, have had success with. That is my... My thing for big races. It was a big race. I wear my for those that don't know Rocky Four socks are they're pretty much America's stars and stripes, which Rocky had in, in, in Rocky. They're not actually Rocky's socks, but they're just stars and stripes socks. So I I I would wear them for a big race, and I would need to have that. Like if they're not there for a big race, or I've got a big run coming up, I would need those socks. And I'd be going around the house going, "Where are those socks? I need them." So, so you see, one. this is. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people mightn't even realize they do certain things. I think everyone has rituals, but superstition, like that is pure superstition. Oh yeah, 100%. But they're great pair of socks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually wrecking my brains here. I can't think of anything wild or bizarre I do before. Like a certain song before a race or if you're no. driving in. If I get overworked about something, like when I did about the the run the line stuff, I actually do complete opposite. Like if I'm doing the marketing stuff, I have certain songs or certain videos I watched before that to build me up some way and then pull me back a bit before the, the run and get into a certain headspace. But if I'm really nervous about it, I try to like not think about it. Like I, I intentionally arrived late. So when I got there, it was like the start, I got to the starting line and they'd already started out me. I had to try and catch up with stuff because I couldn't, I hadn't got time to think. Uh, but the, like, so I forgot overwhelmed at all. I do it that way. So I'm thinking about trying to get there rather than the actual race and everything that could go wrong. But marathons and stuff, I'm I'm there early. The toilet in beforehand. The certain the Dwita Bix before the day. The, the stretching routine that I do before long runs. That would be like my my last three four marathons. There's been a certain a certain order from definitely. You need that for certain runs though, because like 
even like fear of the body and all the rest, like you need that certain. Yeah, no, routine, just, Eric. I, I definitely, well, if I have it, it's been absolutely terrible. The first marathon we ran, Sean, we thought it was a great idea to eat lasagna and wedges the night before while watching a movie. That's why that I said last year, Mark, it's not the first one. <laughs> that was it. That was it. That was a good routine. And then there's been triathlons I've done on the back of a Chinese. So I, I ran a half marathon after coming out of O'Neill's after a Dublin match at three in the morning, stayed on your couch, then ran the half marathon. Like I remember that. I have had terrible <laughs> routine for running. Um, back when you're playing football. Uh back playing football. I suppose the only thing I can really associate with is kicking or you know, something which has a concentration level. See with running, I suppose when you when you do like even with the flying element, there's a lot more concentration. So I probably have a lot mm. more pre pre-flight routine than I would. But see, running to me has just been such a joy and a stress reliever that I kind of just like to just go. I, I don't feel the stress of a run. Maybe the, the pre-sweat of a triathlon where I get a bit nervous uh, just just because of going into the water. But I think for me, it was definitely the kick. And there's a, there's a, there's a pre-ritual there for kicks that you usually do. And I, I never really understood why I did it. But it's kind of like the, the checklist similar to yep. what Nadal is doing. Um, and I have read up there, there are studies that kind of indicate why and they are effective that, you know, the, the pre-flight routine, especially when you have people shouting or the, the minute of the match or whatever it is where, where something is important, you're, you're, it's kind of like meditation in the action, I suppose, is the best way to do it. You're kind of centering the focus, you're aware of the muscles, you're, you're getting the brain ready for what has to come next, the muscle memory kicks in, you're, you're focusing your your cognitive thought and what what's coming next through a series of actions and you know like step by step once you do it you're getting to it or, or maybe it could be like a deadlift routine you know before you do a big deadlift you're you slap both knees or you're, you're cognitive getting the body yeah. ready for what's about to happen so i suppose I, I'll, I'll probably have to pay more attention to it over the next four weeks with the running and the cycling um yeah and see the the swimming is I'm always anxious getting into the water, so I haven't really got a routine yet. But maybe if I, if I focus on one, but yeah, but that, I'll have to do. I'll have to check back on <laughs> if I scratch my bum balls and belly before I go swimming. But that could help the the like if you're anxious and stuff about that and having that set routine. So you're in the thing. I I say this not being a good swimmer at all on my third lesson, but um, like, but you still have, if you get a set routine, it's almost telling the body, okay, I've been here before. I know what's going on. Yeah. So when the pressure does get greater, for example, your kicks and stuff, and you have a pressure kick to make, you're like, I just have to follow the set routine I did right before. And, and it kind of lowers lowers the stress level. Rachel, do you have any for yours? Well, actually, just going back to that, because I think I talked to you guys a few months ago about my fear of swimming and that whole you need to get comfortable with it. And I think, you know, probably subconsciously got into a routine where you put the wetsuit on, you zip it up, then you put the hat on, then you spit in the goggles to defog them, wash the goggles out, put the goggles on, adjust them on your face, then dunk yourself in. So now that you think about it, <laughs> you know, that probably helped me getting over my fear of the water, just going through that familiar process. Because then once I've all those steps done, I'm just hopping in. And like, that's only a ritual. There's nothing superstitious there. I've definitely had some over the years. Like, I suppose for me, I've always tried not to have them because, you know, I suppose I've been mentally quite weak at times. Um, 
And I think if you have a superstition and it goes wrong, that would play on me mentally a lot more than someone else. So I think if I had these superstitions, I would be very, very uptight about them. And like, I, I mean, maybe they would have helped because I would get very, very uptight before I'd race. And, you know, it doesn't always go well. But there were certain things like um, I won the school All-Ireland back in 2006, I think. And I just remember that morning, my dad said to me, just go out for a walk. So I literally walked to the end of the field and back and ended up winning the race. So then I think for the rest of that summer, I went for a walk just to the bottom of the field and back. Uh, you know, there's been things like that that I've done, but nothing that I've kind of stuck with to this day. Yeah, I, I, I totally relate to that. As a kid, like playing soccer, I used to watch the last half. I mentioned this again as I talk about it. Uh, the last half of Rocky Four, the music videos and stuff, it was like a big game. I'd always try to get that. I always had to have a certain T-shirt underneath my jersey. Um, always. Because if, if I didn't, I, I, I'd feel like I, I did something wrong before before this did this event. Which is mad. Sean, you are the pinnacle of superstition. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I look back over all the things we've done like your superstition is actually ridiculous. <laughs> Even with a cup. Stuff you wear, little sweatbands. When we're going traveling, if you haven't got your little travel bands, that's it. You're getting sick. Yeah. Just I don't know. Material around your wrist. Sean would be pressing the turbo boost button. I don't ask him as he boosted before takeoff. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even messing. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, no, Sean, you are, you're, you're not routine. You're all superstitious. <laughs> Completely turn, illogical. You even turn routine into superstition, which is the worst part about it. Because you include putting on a magic t-shirt in the routine. So, oh, 100%. Uh, Had to have a certain t-shirt underneath my jerseys and stuff before playing. Otherwise, I wouldn't feel right. And there are certain, like, even, like, in different sports and stuff, there's certain players that have to look and dress the part and stuff. If, if, if there was any bit of clothing out of line, there's an issue. Baseball is the worst for rituals and superstitions. Yes, you have to swing the bats is. of the ways and old socks. And, and they play 166 games a year. And they're wearing old socks each time. Otherwise, they, you know, the, the superstition's there. It sounds like you've heard more about them, Rachel. Um, no, I've just heard that baseball is the worst. But on the subject of socks, and we're going to stick with tennis because, you know, I'm an expert in tennis now. <laughs> Serena Williams, apparently, um, she would wear the same pair of socks for an entire tournament. Find, uh, <laughs> find any information as to whether those socks are washed or not. But oh, okay, it is known enough. that if she's doing a tournament, it's the same pair of socks from game one to the last game. Yeah, so, yeah, I can totally write to that. I, I, I'd, I'd do the same if it was my superstition. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I actually do not see that as being illogical at all. I'd hundred percent relate to that. On the flip side, I think Michael Jordan has to have a new pair of Jordans for every game. Well, actually, Michael Jordan that's part as well. Of his marketing. Think... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's superstition. Think... No, he is superstitious because he you is. think you're crazy wearing the same the same t-shirt underneath your jersey, whatever. He won his, is it University of North Carolina? Carolina, I know you got this, yeah. He, whatever, when he won the state champs, whatever it was, yep. in his kit, he was 
signed for Chicago or something soon after, he wore those pair of shorts, like the University of North Carolina ones, underneath his own shorts for every single game he played for Chicago. And that is why he had longer shorts than everyone else. He started yeah. wearing long shorts before the longer shorts were actually in fashion. Yeah, that's a hundred percent a thing. If you look at in the eighties, all the short shorts they wear in basketball, and he had to wear longer ones because the extra University of North Carolina shorts. And now they all wear baggy shorts. Maybe they're all wearing their old college uniform underneath that as well. But superstitions work to get you in a good mindset. And, and no matter how crazy they are, like we've talked about before, from a different aspect of just getting people out to go for runs, set routines and stuff, getting ourselves out and all the rest. Like it's. Whether it's illogical or not, if it gets you winning, who cares? You're right here. Yeah. Um, question yeah. for you. What color does Tiger Woods wear on the Sunday of a tournament? Red and black. It's yeah. always a red t-shirt. Again, Tiger wears that red on Sundays. Is, yeah, always. Huh. Watch, even in the Masters, the Masters Sunday, he is always out in his crisp Nike red top. Also good marketing. I mean, the red suits yeah. on ball. Yeah, I don't like. <clears throat> I don't know. Yeah, there is a fine line between superstition and routine. I suppose there's believing that the magic beans are going to give you the superhuman strength. The the things that we're talking about, Michael, uh, Michael's <laughs> special stuff in a bottle and uh, <laughs> space jam, the space jam bottle, and the the kind of routine of. The, the the cognitive preparation for what's about to happen I suppose it's you can marry the two 100% but I think there's some of them could definitely be healthy some of them could definitely be wayward um, but it, like even your travel bands John I can understand the cognitive preparation Do you know like put on yeah. the band think about the bands focus on my breathing even it's something to hold you know like it's I can understand why they're on your wrists I despise the people that sell them to tell you that they give you some sort of relief. <laughs> um, but it's, um, yeah, and I think like, even look at top kickers, again, we come back to the kick and Johnny Wilkinson, uh, renowned oh, for the technique, <laughs> renowned for the habit. Very rarely, very rarely missed a high pressure kick because of his set of cognitive steps from the minute he called for the tee, uh, there was a routine that happened. Um, and it, it again, like you can, it's a crowd of a hundred thousand people. Like if a crowd of a hundred was watching me, I'd be mortified, you know. Like, and I know it's something you get used to over time, but um, you kind of, yeah, you have to appreciate the the focus that's required. And the more you practice that focus, it's like meditation. If you ask anyone to sit for five minutes and just try not to think of anything, and every time they think of something, just come back to their breath, very, very, very hard. Like even uh, if anyone's trying it at home, count down from ten thousand in your head so 9,009 whatever all the way down you'll probably get about 5 or 6 in before you start thinking about the dog the training whatever else and then you have to start again and it's a good kind of indicator of how in control of your thoughts you can be over a period of time so if you're doing that 10,000 hours a day just practicing that routine when the moment comes 10,000 hours takes over and, and in theory the, tick, the kick should go or or whatever it is the race should go as you as you how can best prepare for anyway uh, anything after that point is is whatever happens but yeah it's it is it's great science like the psychology of sport is absolutely amazing or anything like even just the, the mental routine it is it is good to it's so broad but so brilliant i suppose is the best way to put it and like a lot of top athletes have said 
you know, have blame bad days on a superstition or a ritual going wrong or not happening. You know, it it really is a thing. Yeah, that's where kind of that's where the superstition kind of goes to the extreme elements of you need to have that flexibility that things can happen. It's how do you regain that focus? And I think that's where the kind of strength in the sports psychology kicks into it. Like you can get a flat tire, you know, you can your laces can become untied. There's stuff that no matter what your ritual can happen. Have you got the resilience? I don't know. Was it the 800 meters? Could, could have been the 800 meters in the Olympics just gone. Uh, the lady fell, got up from the back of the field and came oh. back to win win the heat. Like So she could have all the rituals. And, yeah, all the rituals uh, she could have wanted could not have prepared her for that. It just needed mental strength, power. So I don't know. There's There's so many ways to look at it. It is fascinating, but that's why sports psychology and, you know, mindfulness and everything has really taken off in the last few years. People are seeing that there are so many benefits to, you know, being in the correct mindset. And, you know, if it is a superstition, it's superstition. But as you said, controlling that if something goes wrong, having the resilience to be like, okay, that's gone wrong. How do I push through that? Yeah, no, I, as well as the mindset now, it's 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 for psychology. It, it goes even further to teams and culture and, and, and creating a, a group kind of mindset as well, as opposed to just thinking, you know, make sure you bring those old pairs of socks and stuff with you for, for, for this thing. Um, it's like we, we talk about run, long runs and stuff being so much mental. Everything with sport is is fifty the, the the concentration levels and everything else is 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 so insane, especially when we're talking about these high level athletes with the amount of pressure and everything on them. I you see it all the time, like even like as any sport at all, like a golf or darts or anything like that, where it's so obvious to notice mistakes or the amount of unforced errors in tennis, for example. It's just that concentration level where you're like any day, if no one's watching, they they'd regularly do. I've like I've heard before darts um players would routinely get like nine dark finishes and stuff in the back before going out there in front of crowds and all the rest. But then when you have crowds and the the, the pressure of each shot, that's when the, the mental aspect, because they all have the skills to be at that high level. But with the, with, with the pressure of everything else that that's evolved into it, that's where the sports psychology stuff comes in. It is, it is fascinating stuff. Yeah, even when you're talking about groups, when I was younger, uh, it wasn't a superstition or a ritual. I used to get so nervous before matches. <laughs> I'd get sick behind the goal. And um, Willie Beeman. Yeah, I used, to get sick. I used to get sick behind the goal. But all the lads would be like, did Eric get sick yet? Did Eric get sick yet? They were nearly <laughs> superstitious about me getting sick. So the minute I get sick, they're like, yes, lads, boy, we're in it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what the hell? <laughs> like on some days I'd actually be all right and I wouldn't feel like getting sick. So I just splash water in my mouth, go behind the goal and spit it out just for the last time. I think I'm about to get sick. But yeah, it can it, it can build in groups, you know, and yeah, it's even like colours of jerseys they wear, they think are better than other. Yeah. Anyway. Madness. But I'm gonna look at my rituals. We might revisit this one in a couple of weeks. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and build a couple of rituals and see see if I notice a difference in myself or or uh yeah especially with the swimming i'll get back to you on it <laughs> i won't be getting sick in the swimming pool anyway that's for sure <laughs> i'm sure everyone else appreciates that <laughs> yeah well i'm gonna try and not analyze poor rafa nadal as much this week <laughs> let him get on with his rituals and routines 
it sounds like you don't even know if he's winning or losing. You're just like, I did the, the bum balls and belly again. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I just, I don't know how many times I just turned to Brandon, my boyfriend sitting beside me and just start laughing. And he just looks straight to see what Nadal is doing. And if Nadal is doing one of his routine things, <laughs> that's usually why I'm laughing. <laughs> well at least you're getting uh, entertained your money's worth anyway from, from going to these games <laughs> exactly no, I'm, I'm going to send you a video of it I'll even try and take a video if I see him again but yeah I'm just disappointed that the TV doesn't show it yeah it's too busy showing really, the highlights the replay yeah exactly, the game itself it really show it but no take an eye because you can see Daphne with what oh <laughs> <laughs> I just thought of another thing he does. They have four um, bin towels, so two on each end of the court, of the court, one either side. So when he comes out onto the court, he has a massive stack of towels. He lays one out on his bench. Then he walks to all four boxes on the court and spreads his towel out in the box. Now, just for comparison, most of the tennis players have a single towel that they rotate between the boxes. Not Nadal. He has one in each of them and it's all perfectly laid out. Yeah. He's won 20 grand slams. It's working well for him. <laughs> <laughs> he needs, he needs more boxes. We laugh at it, but like it's clearly working. So he's not going to stop. No. Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant. Well, let's, let's see if we can get some people to tell us about their routines. That's yeah. yeah. I actually do that. Stick that up on Instagram next week. So if you're listening and you have something that you do and or something that you maybe didn't realize you did before this, um, let us know because I am curious. I'm always curious to see what people do, what works for them, and why it came about. Is it just a routine or is there some superstition behind it? Um, so yeah, I think I will throw that up next week and. Feel free to let us know. As an added benefit for people listening, if they sh- send us in our routines, I promise we'll use that in the intro next week instead of me talking <laughs> with the 49ers playing that night. <laughs> I don't know. We might have to record, <laughs> we'll have to record next week's episode before the 49ers play Tampa, assuming 100%. Tampa win tonight. And the people listening already know what that's going to happen or not because this drops on a Monday. And on that note, unless anyone's got any superstitions to add, to the, to the podcast nope no, let's no. go before I bring poor Raph into it again now on that note guys I'm going to adjust myself and get ready for the outro guys thank you very much for listening to this week's episode of the Any Given Monday podcast that's it for myself Rachel and Aaron take care